Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a very rare episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. This is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila. And today we're going to talk about keeping your business small and profitable. That's not even the that's not even the news. The news is that we're going to try to keep this episode <laughs> to thirty minutes. That's the that's the challenge. I've got a timer I just hit. All right, gonna, wonderful. We're going to see how that goes. But wonderful. Um, so I, I'm getting over um, being sick. I'm on like day five. Um, I spent eighty bucks yesterday to have somebody tell me I have the common cold. <laughs> that's exciting um so a short episode will be good because that's about as long as my voice will probably last but i think this is a great little topic that we have here and uh we should it, it is relatively a simple concept but um mark why don't you take us away with your inspiration yeah so uh we've gone through half a dozen different titles uh getting ready for this episode but um basically it's you know Keeping your keeping your business small and profitable, you know when you um, when I think about you know a side hustle that I'm involved in that my friends are, you know a lot of us aren't really looking for, you know we don't want a two million dollar business or a five million dollar business. Cool if it happens, but that's not really the goal. And we know that a lot of you are in the same in the same boat. You know, for example. Um, we're set. We're asking a few uh, customers to do some testimonial videos for us, and so far I've talked to uh, three uh, nice folks, great customers, and uh, two of them we have to do this after five because they've got a day job, or we've got to do it on the weekend, and we figure you're probably just like that. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting because the idea of um, of a business or owning a business. It- is very different for all different types of people you know so for some folks it's well why are you going to start a business if you're not going to try to make it as big and profitable as you can yeah right and and other folks that that concept is a nightmare you know their idea of owning a business is them by themselves literally alone you know right. with, with no other help um, or minimal help and then uh, and then every single thing in between that and they're all the right way to do business. Um, so I think it's a matter of, of you know, figuring out if, if you're this type of a person, if you would like to keep your business small in size, whether it's um, just by yourself or it's just, uh, you know, uh, you and your spouse or it's you and your family or you and three friends, whatever it might be. Um, if that's the size that you want to be and you want to kind of keep it at that size, that's the goal of this podcast while also maximizing profits, making the most money you can out of it and getting the most out of that small business. Yeah, I, I like that. I like what you've got here. And that's, first of all, you know, of course, it's always best to write this stuff down. Um, so, you know, it, it's really all about is what is your dream? What's your goal for, for, your, for your business or your side hustle? 
And it doesn't even have to be a dream. I'm doing air quote air quotes right now, right? It doesn't have to be a dream. Your dream could be to go on a vacation every year, or your dream could be to buy a second home or pay off your current house or put in a pool, you know, and your business could be a means to an end, you know, but you really, um, you really want to define those goals so you can work towards them instead of find yourself a year later in a business that you don't want. Yeah. And uh, I know that that's been the case for uh, a few friends of mine over the years. And uh, one in particular, I can think of, he started something 15 years ago and it grew and it was going pretty well. And he was happy, you know, money was in the bank, you know, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden he was just called me up one day and he's just like, dude, I hate everything that I do. And I was like, why, you know, and he's like, I've, I'm managing employees. I don't want to do that. I'm managing this. I don't want to do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm fighting this. I don't want to fight that. He's like, when I started this, he's like, I liked it because it was kind of me and my best friend roommate at the time. It was our business. And that's, we were having fun every day. And he's like, I've lost all of that. And um, so he reset kind of with a new and different business, knowing that the goal was to kind of keep it that way. And uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta plan for that. I think that's a common theme because, you know, I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and a a lot of videos about, uh, you know, online courses and starting an online course and things like that, starting a consulting business and, and almost universally, all of those people that ended up doing courses online they started with their own marketing practice and just hated it. They, you know, within, within like a year, as soon as they got past just a few customers that they really liked, they ended up hating the business. So again, they pivoted to something else. So um, if you're looking at, or if you're already in the custom apparel business, let's see if we can figure out, you know, how to establish your goals and how to um, plan your business. So you don't end up hating it. Yeah. Uh, I know. Um, I sold custom apparel equipment for a long time. And the dream was, it's very, it's a very small amount of dreams that people have in this business. Um, And especially when I'm talking about mom and pop, small business folks, right? There are businesses from the home. There's businesses out there that are huge and they're adding custom apparel to a already large business or they want to grow that size. But, but when we're talking on the small business side, which is probably who's listening now, since they realize what the topic of the podcast is, um, it's always, um, I'd like to have a little more money. I'd like to quit my day job. I'd like to have a business to pass on to my kids. Um, I, I became an electrician and, you know, I just, don't really like that. My knees aren't what they used to be crawling yeah. in attics, you know, all of these things. So if that's kind of why you started this, you know, you remember that and, uh, and then figure out what your goal is, you know, do you want to make 40,000 in profit a year as a side hustle? Right. Do you want this to be a family business that profits a quarter million dollars a year? And that's your yeah. income. Now, no, notice, notice that, no, notice that Mark Vila's, um, making a distinction between sales and profits. Right? Okay. So, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's how much money do you want to make in your bank account? Not how much revenues that you want, right? right? Not, not the sales dollars. You know, you've got to, you've got to start with, um, yeah, I want 
an extra $40,000 in my bank account every year, where I want $2,000 a month extra in my bank account. So you can start to do the math and, okay, how much, how many shirts do I have to sell? You know, at what price to get to those amounts? Yeah. And, and, and I think that, and this is why I like saying the word profit in here is because this is going to, there's other goals tied to what the dream of the business is, right? So in the one example, I said, you want a family business that profits 250,000 a year, right? Why? Because um, uh, you and your family can live off that very nicely. It's yeah. a good amount of money to be bringing in for the lifestyle you want to live. And that allows you to grow. And you can also, um, you can grow that with inflation over time, slowly and, and, you know, 250 to 260, you know, and you're kind of just going up over time, but your, your family and your life is living that way. Um, it also might be a dollar amount that you want to retire. Yeah. Like you're, you know, you are a, you know, you're a, a fireman, firewoman, and uh, you make a certain amount of money and your retirement comes at a certain point in time and you're going to want to retire, but still make money. And you like the creative outlet of the t-shirt business. You think that apparel is just very interesting. So you say, I need to make $75,000 a year in profit. So when I retire, I have that as my new income. So there's, yeah, there's I, I like that. Dollars. Just to, just to set the record straight, it's firefighter. Firefighter? Firefighter. That That's it. I wish that non-gender specific firefighting individuals. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, you're you're right. I like what you said. The um, you know the goal for the family business. I one of the things that I talk to people a lot about recently is just their goal is replacement income, and they don't say it like that. What they say is, "I'm a nurse. I'm exhausted. I want to do something different. I want to build this business up to replace my job as an electrician." you know, or my job as an accountant or something like that. Actually talked to an accountant just the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Say, I hate, I hate the work. I, I want to buy an embroidery machine. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's what these um, uh, young, young to mid to even older parts of life, when you're in your say thirties, forties and fifties, which a lot of folks listening are probably, you know, 30, 40, 50 is they went to school for accounting because yeah. their parents or uncle was an accountant or they knew that the um, the money in accounting was good when they went to school because they wanted to make good money. And then they just realized that they didn't, they weren't passionate about it. Yeah. Some accountants are passionate about numbers. You know, others did it because it was the job. And now you'd like to do something you're passionate about. So um, what you don't want is you don't want the business to get to a point where you become an accountant again. You're just account. Right. You're just counting different things, right? You want to own a t-shirt business where you make shirts, right? Um, so, <clears throat> so that's the, the the first thing. Just define the dream, write it down, um, yep. set certain goals. You know, we, I think goal setting is always in almost every podcast. You know, we we bring that up, but it's because every single book I've read, podcast I've listened to, no matter who it is, they pretty much always say you should have some goals. Yeah. And it's this is, this is the intentional like, no thing that you have to do. You're, you're yeah. intending to have a certain size business mm -hmm. that supports your lifestyle or your goals. And you have to have that lifestyle or goals defined. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's jump into some of these because uh, you've, you've got some great stuff in here just to kind of bracket your business. Some of it, you know, supports it up to a certain level. 
How do I get to $40,000 in profit? And some of it says like, how do I stay there? How do I optimize your business to hit those goals specifically and do it as efficiently as possible? Well, the next thing on the list after this is, um, is tracking your time. And this is, it's hard to do in a way because it, you know, you have to think about it and you have to pay attention and you can get lost in the day, but how much time do you spend talking to customers, delivering orders, running production, doing maintenance, doing accounting? I know you've got to know how much time all of this took. So <clears throat> if you're working a uh, side hustle and you're doing this, uh, uh, 10 hours a week, right? Or you're doing it full-time and it's 40 hours a week, whatever it is. At the end of the month, um, you've reached a certain amount of income, revenue, profit. Yeah. Um, how much time did you spend doing all of those things to get to that number? Yeah. And I, I think I think this is really important. I just read um, a little blurb in one of the many um, business books that I happen to be reading right now. Um, was about, uh, you know, the... Um, in the in the eighties, the uh, Japanese manufacturing production methods um, were super efficient, and um, it started to be imported into the United States because they could make cars three times faster than we could, and they did that not because they had more people on the assembly line or even better assembly lines. What they had was every single workspace and action was optimized for the best performance. So they weren't reaching extra places for tools. They were never leaving the line to go get something. You know, I mean, like everything was designed for each individual person to do their best. And it resulted in that kind of, um, in that kind of improvement. So you've got an opportunity here. If you track your time, if you spend your time like, okay, these are specifically the things that I do in the three hours I have after work or every Saturday morning or Sunday morning or whatever you're doing, these are specific things I have to do. Talk to customers, I'm delivering orders, I'm running production, I'm maintaining equipment, I'm doing accounting. You need to know when you're doing all these things so you can, and how long they take so you can address each one individually, make it easier and more efficient so you can make more money every day or every hour with the time that you've got. Right. All right. And, um, one of the things with one of the things I would recommend to do in regards to seeing how this works is um, watch some um, watch some Gordon Ramsay stuff on TV. Oh so yeah, that's a watch. Great. Yeah, watch some Hell's Kitchen if you haven't already, and watch some Kitchen Nightmares. And I yeah. think what the two lessons you're going to learn on both of these things is when you watch Hell's Kitchen, you're going to look at the kitchen that they run, and and they don't talk about this on the show, but you'll notice it. Yeah, is there's the pasta station. And if you look at the station, they've got the right pots clean right there. They've got the right type of stuff. The pasta is in the fridge underneath there. You know, like they're not running across all the, I mean, they'll dramatize and show some of that, but if you really pay attention to the snippets there, that little space is organized. It's efficient. Yeah. So they can, but it only takes how much pasta, two minutes, you know, right. they're ready to go. And in um, kitchen nightmares, you'll see the same thing. There'll, there'll be a restaurant with five orders, five tables. They, not a single meal has gone out. 
They can't yeah. keep up. And then you go and then they show on the back and you just see, you know, people running everywhere. You've got somebody prepping, uh, cutting up chicken when it should have been done hours ago, yeah. things like that. So uh, uh, when you've got a business with, say, three people and you're going to all work full time, you know, there's a, that's 120 hours of work a week. Is yeah. that right? Yep. So if you're all working 40 hours. So if you have to track where all 120 of those hours went so you can find efficient spots. Or, or maybe me, maybe even more importantly, you've got four hours a night, mm-hmm. you know, after your regular day job and it's just you. Yeah. You know, if you spend and you know you do because I do. You spend the first 45 minutes just trying to find all your stuff. You know, you're rolling the embroidery machine out. You're trying to find the order that you're supposed to be working on. You can't find the digitized, the file digitized. You know, you you can't lay hands on the blanks. Like, this is a big deal. This Mm -hmm. is going to be, you're going to find this is a significant amount of time. And if you're going to meet that $40,000 goal or that $250,000 goal or that quit your job goal, Like you've got to be able to come home after work, maybe have dinner, kiss the kids, walk into your production area and just start making stuff. You know, you you don't have time to mess around. If you're working, if you're looking to work 12 hours a week on a side hustle after work and between, you know, between work and stuff and such, um, that's, you know, if you waste 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, that's two, three of those hours. You're talking, you could be wasting 15, 20% of your time, just kind of being all over the place, not being organized. Um, Or just like uh, one of the things that I find, and, and I've done this too, is I'll, I'll fiddle with something for a while. Like I'll fiddle with a spreadsheet for a while or a piece of art. Yeah or whatever, just fiddle with it, fiddle with it, fiddle with it. And, and earlier today, I think we ran into this at Cold Jesse. So we were, um, we're talking about artwork for a trade show coming up. Right. right. And yes, yesterday there was like 30 minutes worth of comments from four or five people and what we should do. And then again, this morning, there was a bunch of comments and I, I looked at it and I was like, we've gotten nowhere. We've done nothing. Right. We're all fiddling with an idea. So I said, one, two, three, here's the ideas. Here's what we're going to do. And then someone came in and said, well, I have this idea too. Okay, great. Will you run with that idea then? You know, let's just move forward. Yeah. Otherwise you'll just fiddle, fiddle. And you yeah, don't yeah. choosing people. artwork for the rest of our lives, choosing artwork for the rest of your life. And then what happens is you just never actually, you never will reach your goal because Great. in order to reach and surpass your goals, you've got to actually take the time that you're planning on using and use it to get towards the goal rather than just pushing a button on and off over and over again. You know what? I'm going to, um, I, th- I think we should move on because time is burning. I there never realized go. how much we yammer on. <laughs> you should really try well, to be more efficient. Good. Um, I like, I like what you said here next. The next thing that we're going to talk about is um, don't be cheap. And that's not just a self-serving statement, right? It's, uh, oh no, it's take out the trash. Don't be cheap as next, but we can, it, it doesn't have to be in that order. Okay. Let's do don't, don't be cheap then. Don't be I cheap. feel very strongly about Good. don't be cheap. I do too. Because we say this all the time, specifically this example, 
Don't waste time shopping around to save money on thread. It's dumb. <laughs> Don't obsess about how much your replacement toner is for your uh, white toner printer if you're making $4,000 a month in profit on t-shirts. Um, do the maintenance, don't skip, don't skimp. Um, buy the better heat press up front, you know, because it will save you time down the road, even though it may cost a little bit. Um, if it, not only you've got a pay for software, if it helps, don't try to, don't trip over pennies, um, don't trip over, Pennies to save dollars, something like that. Don't trip over dollars to save pennies. We, we did a podcast on don't trip over pennies. We did. Like five Which years. I've never done before. I've never, they're pretty low to the ground. No, but you know what? I I, I just, I slide my feet a lot. So I, do I you? yeah, I do. But That's um, terrible. I've stopped because I listened to our episode like, from like five years ago. <laughs> just um, around the house. Yeah. So what will happen is um, we had, uh, well, if somebody say like, um, well, can't I uh, open up the waste ink container for my Roland BN20 and yeah. take the sponge out and wring it out and clean it really good and then dry it and put it back in and then put it back and glue it shut and then put it back in my machine? Can I just do that? And I would say, like, I mean, I guess like Roland doesn't say to do that. So I don't, right. I'm not going to advocate for that. But I mean, in theory, it does. It sounds like you could. But how much time are you going to spend in the sink and drying and getting ink all over your hands and on the floor, cleaning it up, you know, um, gluing it shut, making sure it's shut. It doesn't fit in right because you didn't glue it right. So you got to fix it. Like you spent to save like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes back to the time thing. You know, you spend an hour fiddling to save $30 when, when you've got a production run waiting to happen. You've got your printers waiting to print money. Yeah. And instead, you know, yeah, yeah. you're looking to save 30 bucks. That, that, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And I understand that part of being in business and doing well is obviously not wasting money too. Right. So you don't want to just, you know, you don't want to just throw caution to the wind everywhere, but there is a healthy balance and trying to save 50 cents on a cone of thread um, is like, where's that going to get you? And the time it takes to find another website, find another dealer, match the color of thread up, and all in all, in the end, in the end, maybe you saved even fifty dollars, right? But you know, uh, there's all these other unknowns that come into place, and then, and in the end, if your goal is to make forty thousand dollars a year, what's fifty bucks? Yeah, like what's fifty bucks out of forty grand? Yeah, I know, and that's a new way to look at things for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. but really, there is a difference between um, working for yourself and running your own business and working for somebody else. So um, you've definitely got to be willing to um, spend the money and just don't be cheap where it makes sense. Yeah, when it makes sense. And, and, and then I put pay for software when it helps too. Um, like a software like uh, FreshBooks or QuickBooks or, or any of these accounting software. Um, a lot of them will sync together between like your payment yeah. processor and that. So you spend like 10 bucks a month on this software. And when your customer pays you with a credit card, it just recognizes who paid you yeah. and it sends it right to that customer's account and it marks the invoice as paid. You're yeah. done. You spend zero time um, for 10 bucks a month. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, a hundred bucks a year again, it adds up. But in that time that you spent 
you know, uh, going through the credit card or doing it on your phone app and then, you know, trying to tie it all together, you just, you can waste a whole bunch of time. And um, it's just really important to not get stuck in these, in this cheap trap, which will kill you on time and uh, and so many other things. But that's another episode, great episode title, Avoid the Cheap Trap. Um, So you've also got another section here that is called Clean House and Take Out the Trash. And the first line is one of my favorite things in life. And that is, um, don't work with stressful customers. Just don't work with them. There are uh, tons of people who want to buy custom embroidery, custom t-shirts. There's a lot of people that will pay good money for good quality work. Um, Find nice ones. You know, I'm not saying you have to jettison somebody that's half your $40,000 a year in profit, you know, but you should make moves to be ready to jettison them. You know, it's not, it's not worth it. It'll take up a lot of your time, take up your emotional energy and will not get you closer to your goals. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to work with the right type of customers. These means um, customers that are the right type of profitability for you that allow you to work efficiently, um, that fit the dream. You know, if, if you're, if you want to work with us, cause this is also not just about time and money and profit, but it's also about the kind of philosophical dream too. Of okay. I quit being an accountant because it was boring because I want to make t-shirts for people in the fishing who are into fishing. Right. I want to make fishing shirts or new design. I want to talk about fishing. I want to make apparel for fishing. I want to put a fishing shirt on and go fishing with people who bought my shirts. Right. Right. And, uh, and then it turns out that through word of mouth, you got um, some big attorney firm that they want you to do, uh, uh, you know, a custom embroidery for them on shirts and, and great, you know, but they're also, I mean, you have to work with attorneys all day. That wasn't the dream. (laughs) And the dream was to work with it's terrible to work with Fisher. Nobody's dream. Man, I wish I could work with attorneys all day. No offense, guys, if you're an attorney. Um, I also oh, yeah. like um the your next line here, which is only take profitable jobs. And I'm always amazed at the number of people that will take jobs that they either break even or lose money because they think they need to, you know, or may sometimes it's just to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, take whatever your goal is and just paste it above your phone or your computer monitor. So you you do a little gut check, you know, when you're when you're adding up the job and how long it's going to take you, what it's going to cost and how much your money it's going to make. Look up at that number and see if those two things relate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And if and if they don't make sense, then then you, you just don't take that type of job again. Don't charge that money, whatever it is. And, um, you know, it's a balancing act. Yep. It's a balancing act. Um, So, uh, and the last one I just put on here was don't work with technology that doesn't fit the plan. So somebody might tell you it's a really good idea to get a certain type of printer or a certain type of uh, machine or whatever it might be. Or you heard that doing this type of work um, is great. But if if the work that it takes and the profitability that it takes and the size of the business doesn't fit, then it doesn't work. Yeah. And you, you might find that like, well, listen, I started to do it this way. Screen printing doesn't fit it. It doesn't fit the space. It doesn't fit the time. It doesn't fit this. It doesn't fit that. I'm really more in the lines of, you know, sublimation or whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's sound advice. <clears throat> um, so I think the next one 
is uh, kind of ties all this up together in a bit, okay. but it's just be efficient everywhere. Yeah. Everything, you know, and, and this, it, it ties up everything we said, but your printer should be the right amount of distance from your table and your heat press. So you can pick it up and put it there and you're not running around. Um, if you keep bumping your back into a wall, every time you print, move it. Yeah. Because every time you bump it, it's, it's interrupting you. Yep. Um, get good tools that save you time. You know, like just do like if you if you cut a lot of transfers, you can get a, a little cutting board that we, that we have yeah. on home and yeah. company. And it's just like it and it has measuring on it and it's flat and you just put the paper in there and you slide, slide, slide. And, and it's cut rather than using scissors all the time. Maybe that makes yeah. sense for you. But if you do use scissors, you should have sharp scissors. Yeah. Sharpen your scissors. If you've been using the same pair of scissors that you've had since college. Um, or high school or elementary school in kindergarten, your kindergarten scissors. Kindergarten. I have the, I have like the rounded tip scissors. They're only an inch. My fingers don't even fit anymore. Yeah. There's somebody out there cutting transfers with scissors like that. And yeah, they're dull. Absolutely. I mean, realistically. Because um, they're cheaper. Because they're cheaper. Yeah. Or we don't have to buy new ones or whatever it is, or good yeah. scissors are actually expensive. Yep. There actually are. And I mean, relatively speaking, you know. Okay. Um, so yeah, so sharpen your scissors, um, do anything, you know, uh, that, that just makes sense to kind of be efficient. If you do a lot of sleeves and legs, get a sleeve leg platen for your heat press machine. Yeah. You know, stop trying to make things work that eat up time because your goal is, is to kind of maximize this time. So you and, and your business partner, the two of you want to have, make a certain amount of money. And part of getting there is going to be be able to produce a bunch of apparel that you're going to sell to folks, right? Yeah. I, I think it'd be a great idea if, you know, if you just stop in the doorway to your office or wherever you produce uh, stuff and just mm -hmm. look at the layout of what you have in front of you and pretend you were advising someone getting into the business. Like, how would you set things up? Mm -hmm. And as you go through a job, you know, well, like, why is my computer way over here? You know, my computer's in another room. You know, why, why is that the case? So like, I have to leave to um, answer emails while my embroidery machine is going. I can't tell if it stops, you know, um, is my, you know, when should I turn on my heat press? You know, should I turn on my heat press before I make dinner? So it's ready to go by the time I'm printing and or so I don't have to wait 20 minutes for it to warm up. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's all about little efficiencies because in the beginning we talked about this, you're measuring your time and then you're going to look at it and say, okay, well, I spent a bunch of time doing this. If I did this, I could yeah. probably save 10% of my time. That means I could prospect for more customers or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. I like that. Um, um, go ahead. No, I, I mean, I'm really fascinated with the way things instead of counting them, because I had never thought about this until you said something about it the other day. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's I one weigh? of those things where uh, um, you could, I think we mentioned it about pre-treat, you know, uh, oh, being yeah. a liquid, it's hard to know how much you have left over. So weigh it when it's full and then weigh it again. And then, you know, if you've used half of it. Yeah. Um, and it could be the same as lots of other things. Um, if uh, you can weigh a shirt and you know how, and I mean, shirts is hard because they're small and extra large and stuff, but right. assuming some things, um, you know, use 
use your scale to help you out if you can. You know, just in in general, be creative about finding ways to just save some time and be efficient. Yeah. I like that. And getting um, smart software is is actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. We've got a conversation going in the custom apparel startups group about how you manage your life. Like what kind of software or systems do you use to manage your jobs and organize everything? And, and at, at Coldesi, we use Asana task management software for most stuff internally. We're using monday.com uh, as, as another way to do that. But uh, we've Got a lot of people that just have a whiteboard with post-it notes on it, you know, but whatever is the smart way to organize what you have to accomplish that you mm-hmm. think you're going to do. I mean, that is um, efficiency squared. Yeah. If you're organized that way. Yeah. I, that's great. Well, we've got like five minutes and two more things. Okay. And I think well, we'll probably pass 30 minutes, but we got five. We minutes. are. My alarm went off several minutes ago. <laughs> that was that well, sound. we got five minutes before I'm going to hang up. So (laughs) um, the next thing is, um, so set a goal, hit the goal and move on to the next one. And what we mean by that is if you want to get to a hundred thousand profit a year, just make your first goal, getting to $20,000 in profit. Mm -hmm. When you hit that, look at what you did, do the math, track the time, look at the customers that you worked with and then say, could I have done five times the amount of this? in a year. Yeah. I like that. Now, if you hit that $20,000 in two months, then you're, the answer is kind of theoretically. Yes. Yeah. If you you hit it in a longer amount of time, you know, the answer theoretically is no, but um, maybe, maybe you just didn't put in enough work. Well, I was only working like five hours a week. I could work 15. Okay. Well, boom, you know, so you got just have to look at all now I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other way and let's say that your goal is forty thousand dollars and you made it this year. Mm-hmm. You made it this year. Now it's time to dial in the other direction. Okay, how could I reduce the number of hours I spend to make that? You know, by being more efficient, by not being cheap. Can I afford to invest in better systems? You know, do things differently this time. Yeah. You know, so next year I spend fifteen hours and now I can spend five hours a week. Yeah. 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 And if it's a side hustle, that's fantastic. What if you could work 15 hours a week and take it down to five Yeah, and make the same amount of money? I mean, that's that would be a definition of success if you wanted it to be there. Um, on the flip side, you just completely go the other direction and say, I made the $40,000 I want working 15 hours a week. If I can improve my efficiency by 20%, maybe I can make $50,000. Yeah. I like that. Um, so uh, just kind of, I think it's important to take steps in your goals. Um, look at the profitability, look at the time, look at problems you can fix and just figure out if you're heading on the right direction. And, uh, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily need to be a race, right? Um, you just figure out what your timeline is and what it looks like. And remember it's your timeline. It's not anyone else's. Yeah. I'd, I'd go back up to the top of the podcast and just kind of take a look, set your goals uh, work towards them with that goal in mind. Remember, you don't have to like keep growing. You don't have to be big to be successful. You set your goals where you want them to be for your side hustle or your main business. Mm-hmm. And then you work towards that, not towards yep. what somebody else thinks is thinks is yep. successful. And, uh, and then the last one is um, ask for advice and then and maybe take it. 
<laughs> like that. Not from us. No, just not, in not general, you know, like ask other people who are in business, what do they do? What were their goals? What problems did they have? Um, here's a problem I'm having. How would you solve it? Yeah. And then listen, maybe take the advice, maybe not. Maybe just say, okay, I see what they did. Doesn't fit for me. Or I see what they did. I don't want that. It doesn't hit. It doesn't reach my goal. Yeah. It's not part of my plan, you know, because maybe they said, um, I just started just working with a lot of lawyers. <laughs> and then you say, okay, not going to do that one. But maybe I should just adjust my customer base and not just work with people who fish. Maybe I can go into boating and noodling. I, yeah, I really am always disappointed and... where, when you don't use noodling, for example. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's fun. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. I, um, I really appreciate everyone that listens and shares our podcast. We get new listeners all the time. It's been really successful for Mark Veal and I. Um, it's been very rewarding to, um, to talk to you guys on sometimes a weekly basis about how, how we can improve your business. And if you yeah. like that, then, uh, and if you benefit from it, just um, share it with friends. Yeah, absolutely. We and 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 to wrap this up, my final thought on this is, um, you know, there isn't any, there's no uh, magic bullet. There's there's no um, uh, exact way to do business. You know, so find out what your kind of goal is, what you want to do, build it out, make it happen, and uh, keep listening to this podcast. And um, you know, maybe sometimes take our advice. But I think over a bunch of episodes, you'll learn a bunch of different things that'll really help you out. And I think uh, I hopefully we can keep doing that for you. All right, this has been Mark Stevenson and Mark Vila. You guys have a great business. Mm-hmm.